Welcome back to the Saturday Show. I'm Jay Catch. He's Adrian Lizer. We are brought to you by Stockton 12 Honda. They are the title sponsor of this fine program. Rolling into the final hour of today's show. Thanks again for joining us. And we're having some fun watching this World, Women's World Cup playing out. There have been a couple of chances in extra time already for both sides, but no goals as of yet. We'll see how it shakes yeah. out. This should end during our show, so we'll bring you updates on it. But we're going to talk some American football now, particularly BYU football. Kalani Sitake, the head coach of BYU, he's got a squad that they've got a lot of answers I have questions to answer this year, but I think they're poised to do just that. If they can get through that first month, of course. We talked about those are those games already. But he had a chance to sit down with Hans and Scotty G at BYU Media Day, which was this past Tuesday. Big extravagant event that they throw every year. Hats off to everything, everybody at BYU that helps put this on. It's no small feat what they pull off, but exciting times and holy smokes. <laughs> This world's world's that was so close. I've never over. seen anything quite like what happened at the end of regular time. Yeah. Where the ball rolled the entire length of the goal on yep. the line. That was a great shot. Yeah, that was, that was, that had was. Ice great for the save. Goal. All right. Anyway, sorry. All right, let's get to it. Kalani Satake, at the end of this interview, some of you may have heard a promo recently of Hans Olsen arguing that if he hadn't gone into pro sports or sports radio, he would have rather been a paleontologist. Well, apparently, this is not the first time he has spoken of that. You'll hear from Kalani Satake about that. Let's get to it. Kalani Satake with Hans Olsen and Scott Gerard earlier this week at BYU Media Day. Joining <laughs> us now, he's the head coach at uh, BYU, Kalani Satake. Coach, how are you? Gentlemen, how are you doing? Glad doing to have well. you on. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Oh, the pleasure's <laughs> all ours. How's, uh, let's talk about uh, taking momentum. You get a big bull win, a convincing bull win. Do, do those kind of wins carry over into spring and carry over into fall, that that kind of momentum? I think so. I, I think all the all the things that happened towards the end of the year, even the Utah game, yeah. carried over. You know, But I, I, I was really proud of our players, the way that they responded from that game. And it was a heartbreaking loss, you know. And, and um, I think that uh, they're so mature in the way that they're approached to the next game. And I saw a bunch of guys with 15 practices utilize every bit of that time getting ready for the bowl game and took out some frustration on Western Michigan. And then I saw the uh, same group of guys uh, ap- approach their, their conditioning and going to spring ball and having great practices in spring ball and then um, seeing what they're doing in the offseason. It's, it's been really remarkable and I credit the players for for uh, their passion and the excitement that they bring to the to the table and also uh, getting ready for this first game. I think it's, it's uh, got to – I'm feeding off of them. They're the ones that give enough to – the vibe and the, the, the feeling of, of trying to get back to the game and anxious to get back to that game. And so I think we're really excited for the moment, and um, I'm just really proud of, the, of these players. So, Coach, a year ago, we're kind of gearing up and getting ready to see what you'd brought in as an offensive coordinator and, and really a new offensive staff. What are the differences like you know, having it established and, and having – uh, an increase in success, and, and we were talking about the win over Wisconsin and the big offensive moments in that game and the game plan. Uh, what are the differences now coming into media day, having an established mm-hmm. coordinator, and only really making an offensive line hire, correct? Yeah, and, and, and that hire, it was a, a easy transition. Yeah. Uh, I, I almost forgot that Mateos is new to the, to the, uh, the staff. You know, that's – that's how awesome he was at, at transitioning into being a, a position coach with the O line and, and with the players, and then also the connection and the and the uh, the 
the, how easy it was for him to work with our offensive staff and our entire staff and what he's done in recruiting. I've been really uh, impressed with what he's done as a coach. And I, uh, I think going into this year, to answer, to answer your question, Hans, this, this media day is a little bit different because we're familiar with what's going on now on offense, defense, and special teams. And we have a group of really good, experienced young guys, you know, that um, I think can, can help us out in there. We have um, some depth behind them a little bit. And I think um, the years have taught us that we need to have more than one guy ready to play, not just a quarterback, but a, a lot of different uh, different positions. And so that's what we're going to try to get done. And uh, and it's been, been a lot of fun so far. And, and we're going to utilize all the time that we have left in the next 72 days to get ready for that game. I was at a uh, a couple of years ago. I was at a function, and uh, you came in, and my 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 oldest son. He goes, "Yeah, I'd like to meet meet uh, Coach Sataki." And uh, as soon as you walked in the room, you just got like everybody wanted to shake hands, and I'm sure tell you what you were doing right or doing wrong or whatever the case might be. And I just I remember thinking, I'm like, that cannot be easy. Like, how hard is it to juggle the responsibilities and the demands? outside of actually coaching football that come with being a head coach at, at BYU? Um, it's actually easier than you think. You know, um, I love every part of it. And, and, and I, I don't mind the, the fans that want to come up and give their opinion. I just, uh, my job, I've said it before, is to make them all happy. You know, so I appreciate fans that feel comfortable with sharing their frustrations with me and and I can share mine with them, you know, yeah. and, and, and we can talk and communicate and, I, I love the ones that are proud of what we're doing, and and um, but I'm open to anyone that wants to come and talk and hang out with me, and it's why my family takes two cars to the movies because they know someone's <laughs> going to keep me behind. And I mean, we we go with two cars everywhere to restaurants and stuff because my wife and my kids know that once I start talking, You're gonna I'll hang out until they're done, you know. And and um, I just remember always thinking that one day if I ever become a head coach, I just want to make sure I do that and. And I think fans, um, some some of them test it and will want to meet with me and talk with me. As long as I'm not catching a flight or I'm late to a meeting or something, I'll yeah. hang out and talk as long as they want me to. And and there's a, I can tell there's some fans that, that don't know if it's the right time to talk to me. But trust me, I, I'm open for all of it. And, and I I will be nervous the day nobody wants to talk to me. That's, just, that's, just, and so, that's a good um, point. Yeah, and so I, th- I, I think that, that makes my job. I, I really enjoy that part of it. And especially with the kids, you know, talking to the young children and um, seeing what they're passionate about and, you know, if I can convert them over to cheering for BYU, I'm going to do my best at it. Because wasn't it an experience like that that essentially made you a BYU fan? It did. Well, I was a BYU fan from the beginning, but it helped confirm that I wanted to play football for BYU, you know, and it was coming at a moment where I was really struggling with the divorce of my parents and stuff like that and and, uh, needed to pick me up and it was a BYU football player that did that for me and I knew from that moment I was nine years old that I was going to play for BYU. And so now as a BYU fan, to be a player at BYU, a teammate with Hans, to all of a sudden becoming the head coach, you know, and imagine how grateful and and how excited I am to go to to work every day. And that with the background that I have of being 10 years at at the rival school at Utah that I love so much and the fans and the interaction I have with that group, um, I have a unique perspective on this whole thing. And... um, I love our team. I love our players, but there's a, a lot of respect for for Utah and what what they've done. And, and this is going to be—it's crazy. This is this is one of their best teams of all time that's coming up this year, and and our players are really excited for this game. So I'm I'm excited for them, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's a big game, and and they are definitely loaded. They've got a great team, and that mm-hmm. opening game is going to be big. Uh, we'll hopefully get an opportunity to get more into that game, but 
just based off of some of the things that you were talking about uh, and having an opportunity to watch your evolution as a player and a coach and now a head coach, how much have you changed? How much have you learned? How much have you adapted from your first year in coaching to now going into your fourth season as a head coach? I've learned a lot. I mean, I've learned a lot. Um, It's kind of asking you, I think I said this to some of the media earlier, is that um, it's like being a father, right? And, And you can read all the books about being a dad, but you just don't know until you have your kids. And then you're sitting there going, okay. I, so my question would be to you, <laughs> yeah. how are you now as a father compared to what you were the first year? You know what I mean? And yeah. um, and with the first child, the second child, the third. I mean, that's – I kind of give it that, that point of view where I kind of thought some things were going to be a certain way and they were different. But I'm loving every second of it, just like I'm loving fatherhood. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so this is a really cool thing for me to be in, and I just love every every second of it. There's not one point – that I that I did not question whether or not I wanted to be here. That's that's never been a that's never been on my mind. I just I mean, I, I can't believe I get this jo- get to have this job. Mm-hmm. The only thing better than this is to still be playing, you know. And yeah. I would love I would give anything to go back and play football again. But the next best best thing is coaching, and um, I'm 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 really enjoying it. Kalani Sataki, head coach at BYU, joining us. Uh, when you're on the recruiting trail, how much? Uh, of the schedules that you're going to have in September do you talk about with recruits? I've got to imagine kids want to play these games, and you've got uh, mm-hmm. as good a schedule as anybody in the country in the month of September. Yeah, that's a big part of it, but we talk about everything in recruiting. I talk about the honor code and um, about uh, the expectations we have from them off the field. But we also talk about the the academics and how hard BYU is and, and how much we're going to need them to compete in the classroom and get their grades and I think I said that there's there's a there's a expectation for them um, spiritually as well as physically and then definitely with academics and mentally. So uh, we cover all that and then the 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 schedule we get to look at it, you know, and see the type of team. So it's going to test us on the field, and I love it. I, when I got the job, I was really excited about the schedules that I saw because Hans and I we would have given anything for these teams mm-hmm. to play these games. Um, the you know, I've had a lot of coaches that that are that are um, that are, I'm close with that say, "Well, that's just really hard for a, a head coach to go into that those type of schedules." Yeah, if you're trying to Floyd Mayweather the whole thing, you know. For me, it's like the uh, I think you look at the best fighters. I think if people can sit there and tell you Muhammad Ali was the, was one of the best. Well, he he took his fair shot to losses, and he learned a lot from that. And I think I think for us, it's not really about my record or anything like that as a head coach. It's about where the program needs to be headed. And we play the tough teams. We know what we need to do to, to compete with them. And that's in every area, right, if, in recruiting, in development, in mm-hmm. scheme, yeah, all not, that stuff. Not just in the game, but exactly. across right? the and, board. And you can't learn those lessons unless you play those games. And um, and so I think that next year we got a lot of P5 games again. And I've had the attitude with, with uh, Tom to just keep them coming. Man, I, I, if they're P5, and it doesn't matter if we go there or get them home, but if you do that, then you're going to get teams like Washington and USC and Utah at home. Uh, Scotty, one of the things with just having played with Kalani and getting to watch him as a player, the, the thing I – when you'd see him blow up the most was, was rivalry week. Loved Utah. Loved playing Utah State, and he was the guy that would just – get the locker room electric and get us ready for that rivalry game. I, I know that those games were important to you as a player. Equally as important as a coach, more important as a coach, 
And then uh, just curious, your thoughts on the importance of those three rivalry games that you've got on the schedule. Well, I mean, I, I got really excited about those games because I had an older brother that was playing at Utah, right? I had friends that were playing at Utah State. I mean, we had we had uh, familiar friends. That we had people that we knew that were up up, up at Utah, and so we want to beat them, right? And, and so the fact that they're our friends and that we know a lot of them, um, you don't want to lose that game. And so this is, I think it carries over to these kids, and it carries over to me as a coach. Obviously, I know all those guys at both schools and even at Boise, you know. So um, I think there's a little bit, for me, extra incentive for a coach to win those games. But our players are in the same position too. And uh, I don't think I need to do anything to, to blow it up more than what it really already is. And, and I've been pretty proud of our players and how they approach each game. And I think um, we're really close to, to, you know, performing even better than what we expect in those type of games. And we just, as coaches, we need to put our guys in position to, make those plays and that's um that's my focus as a head coach i know grimes is the same way as an oc he's the same way with the defense and um you know that's going to be the same with special teams so i feel really good about it and i feel good about our players and and the the faith that they have in each other and in, in our scheme there's been some kids that have come through this program that have had really good freshman years at quarterback and then regressed and didn't quite take the next step for whatever reason uh, what do you feel is in Zach Wilson's DNA that's going to allow him to continue to stay humble and take those next steps and be successful? He's you? humble at home. You go to his house and um, and you see the way his parents um, teach him. Uh, there's no way this kid's going to be um, a prideful young man. And 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 he he is a great example of humility because he works hard. You know the the concern with his injury is that he was going to work too hard and damage his rehab and and uh, but he's also smart too so i've been really impressed with him i thought it was really important um as a freshman for him to really earn the starting position you know and i think we knew he had something exceptional when he showed up as a as a freshman and a true freshman out of high school in, in january um, of 2018 but i thought it was important that he make it known that he was the better player and that he won the spot and that was important and once he did that i think he's kind of earned the credibility from the players and from the coaches that there's a lot more trust in him as a as a as a quarterback but also as a player and a leader on our team i'm looking forward to him as a leader now because he was a great leader at corner canyon and um, he's a great leader in his family and i mean he he comes from great stock so i I think it's going to be really exciting to see him um in his sophomore year and he's a he's a little bit different than all the other freshmen that have been through here and i I'm, i'm comfortable saying that because I've seen with my own eyes the, the the maturity that he had has and how he handles this game. He's a football junkie, but he's really smart. His rehab has been really calculated, and I, I've been really excited to see him perform. And he knows that the game's 72 days away, and that's when he'll be ready. You know, you made mention at this event last year that you felt like, uh, in terms of Tanner, maybe you didn't let him compete enough for the job. Mm-hmm. He didn't he didn't put him through enough work to make him actually go out and earn it. Obviously, I think we all anticipate Zach's going to be the guy, but how much do you want to make sure that he feels like he's getting pushed by those uh, on that depth chart? Well, I think it's important. I think it's important for every position to, to be at risk of losing their spot. Um, I don't think anything can be, be written in stone. And so everyone needs to know that, that there's going to be someone coming after their their spot. I mean, all you have to do is look at what Clemson did, yeah. you know. And, and so if the national champions are doing that, then, then who are we 
the, the, to not do that. So I, I, Alabama has done it yeah. as well at that position. And I just think it's really important to, to play the best. I can walk around with my head up and knowing that people have earned their spot. I can look parents in the eyes. I can look kids in the eyes because I know that we've done what was right, not what's comfortable. And um, But I also believe that you can't hand someone a starting spot uh, unless they've really earned it. Well, with that being said, then, Kalani, because I watched spring as much as I could, uh, went back, tried to <clears throat> tried to take a look at some of the things that you guys did through spring. Jaron Hall was just impressive. Mm-hmm. He was just all around impressive. And, and he, he's and I know that same let, thing. <laughs> and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I felt like you had quarterbacks live in that spring scrimmage. We did. Yep. Okay. So when I'm watching live quarterback play and Jaron Hall stiff arm make movements out of the pocket and make things happen, I was really impressed with the kid all around. And he made some dynamic throws and and and. Um, Throughout all spring, he played every spring practice, took all the most of the reps, the bulk of the reps, on, on and then went and played baseball too. And so, and you talk about um, genetics; he, he's got great genetics too. So, and he's just like Zach, loves the game, and I think it's only right to allow him a chance to compete. But it's you know it's it's uh it's nothing that Zach or or even his family are are expecting. They're not expecting anything less than that. They want Jaron to try to come after Zach's spot. That only makes Zach better. So I, I, I think it's really good for our group. The one thing I could say about Tanner is that when he did get beat out last year, he was awesome in the, in the locker room and great in the position group in that meeting room. And it's because of his example and, and what Aaron Rod's done as a quarterback coach to allow these young men to really f- flourish and compete against each other but also help each other, each other become the best. You brought. You talk about that offensive coaching staff. You brought a lot of alpha dogs in there that had a lot of experience and and a lot of uh, play calling experience. And to bring all those big personalities into one room mm-hmm. and say we all and, and you know I was you know Hans and I had conversations. I was a little concerned about could guys all kind of mesh. And by all accounts, it worked out really really well. Where guys came in and and it was all one voice and and one one goal. How. Uh, was that a surprise? Were you nervous about that going into last year? Because, boy, it sure seemed like it, it fired on all cylinders for the most part. I wasn't nervous at all because I n- knew all the individuals that were coming and being part of that offensive staff. I knew um, that the, the, there's no ego involved with those those gentlemen, and I knew that going in together they would work they work really well together. And so I give a lot of credit to Jeff Grimes being the leader of that group. But um, he's done an amazing job at including everyone in, in, in that, on that coaching staff to feel that they can give their voice and have an opinion and even argue a little bit, you know, when they're in there. So I, I, I don't think it's a room where, every, where only one person's talking. They're all talking and they're all fighting for their players and fighting for reps and fighting for scheme. But they're also really um, experienced enough to figure out that this is going to be the best for what we have on our team and what's going to maximize the talent that we have right now and so I, i've been really impressed with them you know kalani i feel like there's coach satake i feel like there's a lot of different buzzes and things that have gone on in the off season about your contract and uh, i just haven't heard much from you in regards to it being up at a certain time or you even being worried about it do you concern yourself with that or, or is that just us media type that love to buzz and find things to talk about my main concern of the players on this team and getting them in the position to achieve the goals that they, they want. Um, and that's my number one priority. My other priority is to make sure that the fans get what they deserve as well. And I'm so focused on that. 
I'm not really worried about the other stuff. Yep. So that's my main focus. Um, you've known me a long time, mm-hmm. and that's all I'm going to worry about, you know. So that's um, I'm going to do my best today and keep doing my best every day, but that's what I'm focused on. That's why I'm always kind of hesitant to ask you because I, I, at times I feel like it's more important to me than it is anybody else, you know, and so. Well, I appreciate it. Every, everyone's concerned. I, I do. I appreciate everybody. Because you I, see it. I'm sure you've seen it. Oh, I, I've heard it, but, you know, at the same time, we're focused on one thing, and that's the Utah game. And this, you hear our players talk; they're excited for this. And so, this we, there can be nothing in the way, yeah. no obstacles, and nothing that's going to slow us down from what we're trying to get done for this 2019 season, starting with that Utah game. And, and um, I'm really excited for it, and that's that's my main focus: them and the, and the expectations that our fans have. Would love it, love nothing more than to go another 30, 40 minutes with you. But I I'd know you got a long list of other people who want to chat with you. Thanks, Coach. So I'd love to hang really out with you guys. Appreciate you. But we do have that one thing about when <coughs> Hans was. So I, I heard when you were in uh, someone that told me this whole thing with paleontology, right? And so <laughs> and so um, I just want to be. I didn't know. I no, didn't. no, I just want to make sure that, that everyone knows that I am a witness to Hans and his interest in paleontology. And I remember the exact moment when you mentioned it, and I, I thought maybe that was I, I thought it was for the different reasons that what he explains that he's actually interested in it, but I did hear that back in nineteen I think it was ninety eight, so that you first mentioned it to me. So so uh, so that's true, but but I, I thought it was because he he considered himself the Ross in the Friends situation. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he, he kind of gives that Ross vibe. Oh, he does give that Ross vibe oh, a little bit. Man. I thought I thought there was some girl in like the geology department that he was trying to coach. <laughs> no, but that that was a true thing. So I'm I'll, I will back him up on that. But wow! I, I just I, t- I told you, man, I've always wanted to be a paleontologist. And <laughs> when I he dropped that, that's like there's he no did way. say that in '98, guys. That was only 20 years ago. We're getting old, man. <laughs> I am the Ross of friends. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Hey, <laughs> coach, thank you so much. There you go, Kalani Sataki with Hans and Scotty, and yes, paleontology is a real thing for Hans. Can you imagine Hans Olsen like out in a dig site in North Dakota? He's just got such giant hands that those little, like the little hammer and the little, <laughs> little the, the little pick, I think would be difficult. But That's hey, fascinating. Thought. He could pull out a giant skull of a tyrannosaurus. He could oh, get that hey. out of the ground. He's a big, he's a big guy. Anyway, a cool. lot of interesting stuff from Coach Sataki. If you want to hear that again, listen back. Go to 1280thezone.com. Coming up on the other side, we'll let you hear from quarterback Zach Wilson as uh, he spoke with the big show with Jake and Gordon. That's all coming up next here on the Saturday Show. Welcome back to Saturday Show here on the Zone Sports Network. Big thanks to BYU and Kalani Sataki for the uh, BYU Media Day and the interviews available yep. uh, a lot of interesting stuff there from coach satake big things expected of him and his team and even maybe more things expected of one zach wilson who oh, yeah uh, who has a lot on his shoulders this year but he's a confident young man and he believes that he can lead them to um well at least three straight utah games <laughs> wins as he uh, said during that time but uh he got a chance to sit down with jake and i should say it the other way around uh, the big show with Jake and Gordon got a chance to sit down with Zach Wilson, and uh, here was that conversation from BYU. 
Joining us now, quarterback for BYU, Zach Wilson. Zach, thanks for sitting down, man. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me on. So what do you what do you think about talking to all these media bozos all day? You tired yet? Yeah, it's just exhausting. Yeah, I'm sure it is. It's a long day. You wait and see. When Zach's a senior, he'll be gone. I've had it. Uh, just don't even talk to me anymore. <laughs> I'm ready to go on to the NFL. Leave I'm just here on. so I don't get fined. You know, I really liked, <laughs> I really liked uh, your answer to it. <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny. You know, you, 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 you mentioned to Brett Pine, who's uh, Zach. Sorry to get uh, that. Gordon mentioned to Brett that, that uh, those cookies look good. And Brett brought up all the cookies well i think he brought them for zach but uh you don't get a physique like zach's by eating a bunch of cookies but that's actually get... how i got his physique <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> how i uh I, I concur with you on in a personal note but uh anyway uh i liked your answer earlier today when somebody asked you about what it was like to be the byu quarterback and and you know because you're a big man on campus it's it's part of the 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 calling as it were here at BYU such a high profile position and I loved your response it was essentially I'm paraphrasing I ain't done nothing yet you know and I thought man that's the exact attitude that one has to have to get the best out of himself Mm -hmm. yeah and I agree it's just like you know, I came in and I played seven games, and, you know, it's not like I won all my games. It wasn't like I played against the best teams, and, you know, I still got three more years here, and, and, and we still have so much to prove. So, um, yeah, there was glimpses here and there of what I can be capable of. I take full advantage of it, but, you know, I still have so much to prove and so much to work on to get better. We all saw the, the video for Father's Day, first of all, playing catch with the old man, very touching. Yeah. Uh, but second of all, it, it, it gave a lot of people some hope that the shoulder was feeling all right. No, yeah, it's, it's feeling good for sure. I've been only throwing since the beginning of this month and, you know, just slowly working into it. I'm taking it a day at a time, not trying to do too much, but also trying to push it to the limits of what I'm capable of. And, um, you know, it's it's coming back quick. It's it's just, you know, that muscle memory that takes a while to reestablish. And um, I'm just getting used to it every day. And so, you know, I'm just excited for the process coming up. Uh, whence cometh the confidence? Where do you get that from? Is it yeah. based on your success earlier or is it more uh, organic than that? Yeah, I think it, a lot of it just comes from, you know, just playing since I was younger and getting older. It's just like, you know, the little successes you have, um, you gain a lot of confidence from and um, just confidence in my ability of what I think I'm capable of. And, you know, a lot of that was just kind of born like that. I mean, everyone sees my mom on Twitter always tweeting certain things and about BYU tailgating and all that kind of stuff. And she's a very confident lady. I think I get a lot of that from her, too. So um, I think a lot of that's just started since I was younger. Mm. Talk about your relationship with Coach Roderick, and he was on our station earlier today, and uh, he said something that I thought was really interesting, that, that it's a challenge for him to come up with challenges for you, that you're really good at taking those challenges and running with them, and he has to kind of stay on his toes to make sure he's always challenging you. Talk about that relationship. No, me and Coach Roderick got a, a good a good relationship that's still growing. I mean, we, we talk multiple times a week, and we're always trying to – you know, figure out new things that we can do to get better. I mean, both of us, I would say, you know, we're students in the game. I mean, he's always on the film, like, hey, Zach, look what I found. Look look at this. Like, what do you think of this? And then, you know, I love to get my input. I love that he, you know, loves to listen to what I have to say. And, um, you know, we have a great relationship just because that's something we both bond over really well. We're both really passionate about the game, and we both want this year to be super successful. So, and we see eye to eye on a lot of things. So it's cool that we can go back and forth and communicate. And, you know, I think our relationship has grown a lot. He's a great guy. Great guy, yeah. I mean, just a fantastic football 
mind and a terrific uh, a, a guy that you can, I think, trust. Mm-hmm. And that's important for a quarterback yep. to feel that way about yep. his coach, right? Yeah. What do you do? You set uh, specific personal goals for yourself, or is it all just about going out and getting W's? Yeah, I mean, I do. I I, I have a whiteboard in my room. I'll sit there and, and write everything that I want to achieve. And last year, you know, I had keeping above a, a 3.2 GPA for my freshman season, um, being able to start my freshman season, earn into the starting role, um, have a good fall camp, like like just certain things like that, just certain goals that I had. And, and of course, this year I had to rewrite a few. And, you know, coming into this year, it was just, you know, same academic standards and things like that. But, you know, I, w- I want to be one of the more dominant quarterbacks around. And then, you know, my personal goals also fall into team goals too. Um, you know, obviously beating Utah is a big goal for me. And, you know, just having a, a winning really good season this year just for, as a team in, in general. I mean, we got to go out there and get those Ws. But um, just being able to make a stand as a quarterback about who I am as a player and who I am as a leader of this team as well. You mentioned uh, in academics, and, and that's a great goal, by the way. Uh, good for you. But I, this just in, going to school at BYU isn't easy. Yeah. Uh, so you hold yourself to that academic standard. Uh, Coach Itaki talked about how he wanted you to earn the job last year. It's your first year of, of Division One football. What was last year like for you? How hard was that? Yeah, so I came in with the with the intent that school was going to be hard. I knew how hard it was going to be. And, you know, I went from high school, high school on a Friday to college on a Monday. You know, there's no break in between. But I kind of expected how hard it was going to be. And I had heard from people how hard BYU was. And so, you know, I jumped, I jumped straight into the fire and I took it on. And, you know, honestly, the academics was hard. But, you know, I managed to get through it. But as far as spring ball went and the competition between me and Tanner and the other quarterbacks, you know, I felt like every day was a tryout. It was a great push between the both of us. And, you know, we had a great friendship. But at the same time, we loved to push each other. And so it was really cool because – you know, every day I was just like, okay, I got to go to sleep early. I got to watch my film. I got to make sure I'm on top of every single thing to make sure, you know, when tomorrow comes, I'm ready because I know Tanner is going to be doing the same thing. That's kind of a cool combination because you've been described as sort of a football junkie, but it sounds like if academics and you have these other interests that complete who you are, I think that's kind of a compliment to you. I remember a conversation I had with Steve Young. And he, somebody asked him why he was taking piano lessons, you know, as a quarterback. And he said, I don't want to be ignorant in that realm. And I thought, wow, that's kind of cool. And to tell you the truth, I think NFL guys like that, too, because it shows sort of a depth of personality and psyche. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I mean, you want to be well-rounded in all aspects of life. I can't be an amazing, consistent, hardworking football player if I – don't get it done in the classroom if I don't get it done in my social life and I'm not a good family person so it's like you want to you want to find different things in life to make you a strong well-rounded person and and attack them with the same consistency you do in everything in life so I know uh, off season has been a little bit different because you've been uh, rehabbing getting that shoulder better but what what do you need to improve on going into your sophomore year yeah just taking that 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 step from stage one to stage two just just going from a freshman quarterback to a to one of the best sophomore quarterbacks in the country. I just think I, I need to progress mentally. I think that's a huge standard. I mean, of course, physically, you know, my arm will eventually get to where it needs to be. And then, of course, I'll be I'll be pushing myself to the standards of becoming more accurate, maybe stronger arm, better pocket presence, more confidence in the pocket. All those things will come. But I think mentally is the biggest the biggest steps I've tried to take. And, and that's just watching tons of film and being a film junkie, trying to make things that maybe were harder for me last year just second nature and start approaching things that I know 
you know, maybe the vets do a little bit more of where it's, you know, maybe changing up protections or just knowing the scheme better, just seeing what defense people are in earlier, just being able to place the ball in certain spots. So it's just it's just doing the things that most guys can't do as a freshman and, and making them look easy as a sophomore. Zach Wilson joins us. Uh, Zach, how do you decide when to take off running? And is it a temptation since you – You've had that success in doing that sort of thing to 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 be premature in in that urge. Yeah, I mean, this last year I ran a little bit more than I wanted to. Um, one of the biggest things I've noticed watching film this past year, when I just did my reevaluation of the whole season of of how I thought I played and stuff like that, is you know I want to have a better pocket presence. I want to be able to stand back there more and deliver the ball. And then the times I do have to take off and run, just get what I can and get down. I mean, there's too many times I was you know, sticking my foot in the ground, cutting up the field and, and taking hits that, that are just unnecessary hits. And um, some coaches have explained it to me that it, it's just like a selfish move on my, on my part as a, as a teammate because, you know, the team is counting on me to get the job done. And if I'm injured, then, you know, it's something I can't be doing. So um, as far as running goes, I'm not a huge advocate of, of running in between the tackles. It's not my favorite to get quarterback runs where um, I, I'm cutting up in between the guard and the tackle and I got to run over a linebacker. Um, that's more of a running back job. That's not to your me. favorite thing. That's not my favorite. So <laughs> I'll take the QB draws. I'll take the the scrambles and trying to extend plays and um, hopefully using my speed to be able to get on the edge and then get out of bounds. You know, a memory that uh, it was not a good one for you and your team, but uh, this might be of interest to you. I talked with uh, Utah State's offensive coordinator, Jake Scott's lookalike last year. Coach Yost. Coach Yost, who looks just like <laughs> Jake. But anyway, I, I asked him. Uh, how he knew that Jordan Love was developing as a quarterback. And he said against you guys, Jordan Love hit the running back in the flat for a touchdown. And he said the thing that was impressive about it is he was his fourth guy. Mm-hmm. And he went right through the progressions and hit the right guy, making the right decision. And I, that's something that a quarterback, it really is a cerebral pursuit, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, I had times last year um, towards the – I mean, the beginning of the year when I first started playing, it was kind of just like one, two, and run, or one, two, and get out. And now, towards the Utah game, the Western Michigan game, a couple games before that, it was like, okay, first, second, third, fourth progression. Now I'm stepping up, looking for a check down, and then I'm running. And it's like your your mind starts to get used to going through the whole progression. You're extending plays to the full capability, and you're and you're learning to be a real pocket present quarterback. You're not you're not just hey I'm I'm looking to run. I'm looking to get out. And so, like you were saying, with Jordan Love is when you can get through your whole progression and find your check down. That's when your your offense has a whole nother side. Yeah, and it's it's, it's easier said than done because you get six five, three hundred pound dudes all around trying to take your head off. Exactly. Uh, tell, talk to us about having Utah right out of the gate. Of course, we kind of all know your family history with Utah. You're, you know, connected to that school as well. And then uh, coming off last year's loss, which was such a, a wild football game, are you glad to have a crack at them early? Yeah, I'm excited about it just because first game of the year we can start preparing in January. I mean, right when the last game ends, we can, you know, we can start attacking that film from day one. Um, normally you don't want to be skipping teams, but just because Utah's the first one, we have a lot of time to prepare. And, and I think that just goes from which team wants it more. And I hope our guys get the message and, and, and they know how bad last year hurt being up like that and then coming back. And so um, I know I took it personal and, you know, I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that doesn't happen again. So I've been asking all the guys this question on a scale from zero to 10, uh, 10 being most optimistic where is your how would you rate your optimism heading into this next season yeah 
Yeah, I'd definitely say up there eight or nine, if not ten. And and that's just because, you know, just the buildup of, you know, my shoulder injury and, and, you know, it's hard to think I could be playing soon with my shoulder not being completely ready yet. But, you know, mentally I feel like I've progressed so, so, so well. And so um, it's just crazy to think the days are all counting by and, you know, I got to use every day to my full advantage. And so once that day comes, I'm going to be 100% ready to go. Are you a patient person? <sighs> it's tough. I mean, spring ball, I was wanting to throw and I was still in a sling. So, <laughs> yeah. So, no, not a patient person. No, no. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Uh, well, Zach, thank you so much for sitting down with us. We really appreciate it. Good luck with the upcoming season. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank Thanks, Zach. Yes, appreciate you. Thank you. All right, that's uh, Zach Wilson, quarterback for BYU. There you go. Like Jake said, Zach Wilson, quarterback for BYU. <laughs> uh, a lot of interesting stuff there. Excited to see the first game of the season and what he can do. He's got a he's got a confidence about him, just an air yeah. of confidence. and. I don't think it's false bravado, Adrian. I think he... He believes in himself. Yes, he yep. does. And that's a good thing if you're a quarterback. Yep, definitely. All right, uh, coming up on the other side, we'll wrap the show up. Norway, Australia heading into penalty kicks. It's been a very exciting extra time. Australia got a red card. Someone got sent off. It's been wild. But uh, they survive it, I guess, and get to uh, penalty kicks. And uh, we'll see what happens. And uh, we'll break that down and more coming up next here on the Saturday Show. Welcome back, Saturday show. Wrapping things up here on uh, June 22nd. While we are away, things did not go well for Australia in PKs. No. As uh, Tom Fornelli said, more like Miss Australia because uh, they missed their first two. Well, the first one horrifically. Skied it. And uh, the second one was blocked. Mm -hmm. And uh, Norway went four straight. Bam, 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 bam. And it was over. Norway's moving on to take on the winner of England and Cameroon tomorrow. I expect that England wins that, but we'll see. Cameroon at least team, showed some resilience. Team of de destiny with that one yeah. goal, yeah. So uh, it's been that was a really fun match, and uh, Norway's moving on. Yeah, that was. I thoroughly enjoyed what I saw of that match. That was a ton of fun. Yeah. Like the women's World Cup, like you said, Adrian. More people have been watching it than ever. I would encourage people. I, hey, I get that it's soccer and whatnot. Watch some of this. Yeah, it's going to be hopefully. I would expect a lot of large streaming numbers on Monday morning mm -hmm. as it's a 10 a.m. game. So it's a, most people will be at work on Monday, but yeah. um, it'll be – the U.S. is underway, so it'll be fun. Yep. It, I, you know me. I'm, I'm a soccer I'm, I, 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 I soccer fan, and I really enjoy it. Yep. So. <laughs> well, uh, it's been a good show today. Big thanks to Kalani and Zach Wilson and – uh, Phil Steele, a lot of expectations in football this year in this state. Probably the most that we've seen in a long time. As uh, Utah State has a chance to go and get a Mountain West title. Um, Utah looking for that Pac-12 title and BYU. Uh, great schedule to start. Actually, a really great schedule overall. And uh, they're looking to have a really successful year in independence. Yeah. So. No, it'll be an interesting. Uh, this summer, uh, the the hype train is building towards this holy war, mm -hmm. and it's only going to continue to build. But I'm excited. Football's on its way. And 
that's not to denigrate anything about free agency. There's the Mike Conley situation with the Jazz. Yep. Free agency coming up in just over eight days. We got a fun summer ahead of us. Yeah, I'm kind of. Uh, I wish free agency started tonight, so tomorrow we could be, or next week we could be talking uh, NBA free agency. But it gets underway next Sunday, mm-hmm. so we'll we'll pretty much know in a, two weeks from today. We'll pretty much know what each team has going for yep. them, and uh, then we'll really be able to break down the NBA. The NBA is a little easier to make predictions on than college football. Get ready for a week of rumors, news, and everything else. There's going to be fireworks for yeah. sure, uh-huh. and uh, excited to see what the Jazz get going. And then right after that, Summer League, as we get our chance to see right here in this building, Utah Jazz Summer League. Unfortunately, we won't see John Morant, which I was really looking forward to, but he had a um, procedure on his knee to remove, a, they say, a, a floating body or whatever that is, but something was floating around in his knee. Not major, obviously, but he will miss the beginning of summer league. Yeah, so that's too bad. But uh, the July first, second, and third—what a way to go up to that holiday Thursday with some <laughs> NBA basketball. No matter what the level, even if it's rookies and yeah. second-year guys, summer league—it's um, always fun to watch that. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to track all that. But it's a fun few weeks coming up. Yep, definitely. All right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, um and uh for jay catch sorry i forgot your name all this i was staring at you and i <laughs> i kept thinking yuck 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 works too yeah yuck 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 so uh big thanks to uh everyone who listened in for jake i'm adrian and uh we'll talk to you next week here on the saturday